Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Oh, that's nice. With guest host Ben Lyons. Flow like water, but I'm cold as ice. You don't like Jokic, do you? I'm not a Jokic guy. I thought he almost murdered a Morris oh, twin. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't like how he got kicked out as the MVP. He goes off and, and is off making some horse pull him around Serbia. Today's <laughs> guests, NFL Network anchor Steve Weissman. From the No Laying Up podcast, Chris Solomon. New York Liberty guard, D.D. Richards. Plus, from Golf Digest, Haley Ledbetter. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Ben Lyons. Oh, welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the uh, the Rich Eisen Show. Another day here uh, in Los Angeles. Appreciate you rocking out with us. I'm Ben Lyons. I'm very honored, humbled, and excited to be here again for another day. We have a huge show today, guys. TJ's got his dip set headband on. <laughs> looking sharp. How you doing, hey, my man? Doing well? It's Wednesday. You know what that means. What's that? Oh, no. What's that mean? I mean, everybody loves the acclaimed, you know? Okay. That's what's up. TJ, coming in hot. <laughs> coming in hot. We got Del Tufo on the hey, board no, today. No, 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 what's happening, Ben? Was Probably hoping some weird this week in Los reference. Angeles I would get the, the boat invite, but haven't gotten there yet. It's only I haven't Wednesday. Been out on the boat. I have not been out on the boat yet. Neither have I, apparently. I did start the boat. Monday, because I was gone for 10 or Ask Brockman how many invites he and I have received to yeah, the boat. How many guys, how many times have you guys had a boat We've day? We've never been invited to the boat. Zero point. Liz, our town booker, has been on uh, three or four times. Adam's been on the boat. Adam's Liz been has the been boat. on the boat. No, yeah. bo- no boat for us. No. Me and Brockman. Zero. Zero. But Brockman and I do have matching zero. polo shirts. I've noticed this week we have kind of come in dressed a little alike like throughout it. the week. Hey, do you want to get to make that tea time tomorrow? Uh, TBD. Oh, I'll let on. you know this afternoon. Well, we're going to have a lot of golf on the show today. Hey, we've got back Chris then. Solomon from that. No Laying Up, who's going to be uh, checking in a little bit later. We've got Hallie Ledbetter coming on the couch. She's going to be nice. amazing. She's fantastic from Golf Digest. Plus, Steve Weissman, Tennis Channel, and uh, you know him from NFL Network. And Didi Richards from the New York Liberty going to check in. Tough loss last night for the Aces, but we're going to catch up with Didi. Uh, at 11 o'clock here on the West Coast. Lots to get into. The Yankees collapse. I know Rich is somewhere in the world, like losing <laughs> sleep over the fact that these Yankees have now lost three games in dramatic fashion in the last week or so, blowing yeah. a 3 uh, nothing lead in the Bronx yesterday. They were 49-0 and heading into the ninth inning this year when they had the lead, and they blow the three-run lead in the ninth in the Bronx. That's Pause for concern. <laughs> and exactly why I said to Rich, don't talk smack all year. But the thing is, Mike, is like you didn't lose any ground. I know. It's July the 13th. I mean, the, Rays, the Rays picked up a game of you, but like more importantly, the Orioles won again. That's nine in a row. Every yeah, team in the AL East is over 500. It's incredible. No, it's an incredible uh, season for all the teams. And, and, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. If you're a fan of any one of those teams and you're just focused on your squad, it's been a great summer. Right. But then if you look around the rest of the division or if you look up at the Yankees, you're like, wait, we're 14 and a half games <laughs> out of – nobody expected the Red Sox to be decent. They've stumbled as of late, but there was a point, point when they won 15 of 19 – and the Lions family back east was having a great summer. <laughs> you know, my dad being the world's biggest Red Sox fan, when they play well, it's food and shelter for the rest of us. <laughs> Thank you, Father. May I have another? Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a good summer. But then comparison being the thief, thief of joy, you start to, uh, to not get so excited when you look up at the Yankees. But that collapse in the Bronx. We've got our top NFL running backs list. We did quarterbacks yesterday. Uh, I've got a name on my list that I think will surprise oh, everyone. Oh, this is spicy. Uh, we've got TJ's Team Goats. What division do we have later today, TJ? What are we doing today? We are doing the South 
Let me think. Guys, we did I Southwest so yesterday. I'm we did Central. Tripping. Oh, we're doing the Southeast Division. Southeast so we're going to be doing the for... Hawks, the Hornets, the Heat, Magic, and the Wizards. See, I Wizards. think for the first couple days, it was uh, it was kind of you know chalk with the best player for for each team. We did the Bulls history. and the Cavs. I figured two easy ones. We'll knock those out. And, but know, now please, we're getting. Please in... tell me you're going to have Michael Jordan as the greatest Wizard of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. He's in the discussion. Hey, but then but then, uh, <laughs> then something that came up in the in the pre-show meeting, because, you know, we all come in here early and we sit around and we talk through the biggest stories of the day. Uh, Lamar Odom fighting fake Drake. That's real. <laughs> that's a thing that's happening. That's not a thing. It made uh, the, I think it's a thing. You know, Brockman think, has the hard-hitting journalistic quality. I don't know cred, if that so, makes the rundown. Know. That was just talked about in the production <laughs> meeting. I don't know. Uh, TJ did this morning put me on to uh, something that I, was, I hope to be a part of, uh, a culture that... I really connected with and identified with, and um, I'm very excited to learn more. Uh, Finnish baseball? <laughs> it's wild, man. How Brockman. did you come across Finnish baseball? It's wild. I was watching, you know, I was on, I guess, Twitter or Instagram, and I randomly found this video, right? And fi- if you guys don't know anything about Finnish baseball, I can't even really describe it to you. You just have to do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube. Look it up. Look at John Boy's video. He does a tremendous job of like basically describing how a guy came to America, saw baseball, took it back. And it was almost like, what's that thing called when you do a telephone and like you tell me something by the time it gets to Brockman? I think it's called telephone. It's literally called telephone. Good job. Something gets lost in translation (laughs) from the guy. That's that's what happened with the rules of this game. By the time it got there, their bases are all messed up. Their positions are crazy. (laughs) But what I saw was an outfielder going for a ball, right? And the thing is, they don't have walls. There's no walls on their field. So a guy dove for a ball, and behind the field, there was a stream, a creek. Or if you're from Altoona, it's a crick. There was a crick behind, and he literally dove and landed in the crick. I, I, I love stuff like this, CJ, because it reminds us of why we love sports in the first place. You know, I'm sure there are some people over there in that part of the world who are analyzing the X's and O's of that play in the creek. And they're, you know, telling that guy that he's terrible and he's always a failure and he didn't live up to the hype coming up in the youth finish baseball. You know, there's a whole culture around it. But for us on the outside looking in, it's just joy. It's It's joyful. It's we love sports. It's why we got into this in the first place. You don't think uh, Finnish baseball is this morning? So I thank you for that. You don't think the guy in the river is leading Finnish first take this morning? Uwe von Malstein. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun looking at that this morning. Um, and then I thought I'd be like a kind guy and go across the way, get coffee for everybody. You know, I went and tried to get a little pick me up. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, I try to get back into this fortress that is the Rich Eisen Studios. And I'm obviously a visitor, so I don't have a key card or an official you know pass that opens doors. It's not minority report over here with my eyeballs being scanned. And uh, I knock on the door, and then there's, like, this discussion. <laughs> there's, like, some debate. Nobody moved. Well, here's the deal. Here's what happened. Let me just uh, paint the scenario for you, That's because you to. were outside, right? It's soundproof. I think these are still bulletproof windows. I don't we think they've so. changed those out. So we were talking about the 2020 NBA bubble season, right? And we were trying to figure out who the best team was, you know, First week of March before, before the everything, world went crazy. before Rudy Gobert touched all the microphones right. <laughs> and everything. You know what I mean? Thanks, Rudy. And so we were in the middle of that discussion. The door knocked. Mike goes, Oh, hey, Ben's at the door. And we were just like, Okay, so you're going to go get him because you noticed. And then nobody moved. What? And I was like, Why do I have to go? Because I noticed I'm in the middle. I'm the old guy. Like, you, you noticed. Old guy so you fall. go get I it. I could fall and slip on the way over to the door. <laughs> so I couldn't hear any of this. I could just see right. this. You could so see this. I saw, like, I knocked. I saw everyone look. And I guess I would have heard, Well, the Lakers beat the Clippers in the Bucks. Like, that would have been the reaction. Yeah, it would have been yes. like, Wait, who was the top was seed? Yeah. Well, with the Lakers? Well, no, it was the Bucks. Okay, but well, what about? And then it was just like, Mike And then goes, when the well, show started, I got a text from Brockman that says, I'll take a green tea. Did you get it for him? Well, I finally got back. When the to show you. started, yeah, I finally got. I finally got back. So but wait ben, a second. He asked you to go get something and didn't want to go over there and get you. No, over there? no, that was the oh, bit. Oh. I did it well afterwards. Oh, sorry. But Ben, okay. let the people know, our, our listeners in America and throughout the world, who was sitting the absolute furthest from the door, and yet while these two jabronis are arguing who got up and walked the whole way over there and let you. TJ did open TJ the did. door for me. TJ, TJ always <laughs> opened the door for me. TJ, I think you are a life, gentleman. 
Think about how many doors do TJ has opened in life. <laughs> just for friends, for people, for strange, complete strangers. I, I feel I'm like you... A, I'm a grand, I'm the grand facilitator. You I've been trying to tell people. Opener, man. my friend. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm here for you. You know, it's funny that that promo from yesterday when the show started, and I'm I'm going off about Jokic. Somebody um, on Twitter was not a fan of me. Everyone, everyone was not a fan. Jokic fine. Um, I saw this tweet from a basketball reporter I love. His name's Tommy Beer. Tommy, and, and he says 41 of the past 43 NBA Finals series have featured at least one of these nine players. Think about that. The last 43 NBA Finals have featured, out of 41 of them, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, Tim Duncan, Kobe, LeBron, and Steph Curry. Moral of the story, you need an all-time great to win in the NBA. And I think Jokic is terrific, I think he's had an incredible run. I think he's done something that doesn't get enough credit when talking about his game. I think he's been available. So many of these other guys don't play. I believe two seasons ago, he played every single game. I think this year he had to play north of 70. The guy is available every night, so I tip my cap to that. Do I think he's one of those guys on the list, or I think he's one of the all-time greats? No, I don't, and I can stand by that. And it's okay. I'm okay with that. He still has a lot more of his legacy to write, of course. I just don't think it's enough for him to be the best player on a championship team. And there's levels to this in the NBA and the conversations we have around the game. All these men are amazing. All the women in the W are incredible. We know that. It's why they're professional athletes in the world's best basketball leagues. But we can talk with some nuance and some, some, some depth and we can analyze a player and say, he's amazing, but why haven't they got into that next level. Yeah, it's been some injuries for some key players around him. He lost the game seven at home in the playoffs to Portland. Yeah, cheap shot somebody in the back. You, you get swept in the Suns in four and you get ejected from a playoff game. Like These are things that happen and we can talk about. It doesn't take away from his greatness. I just don't think that he's going to be the guy to like take you over the top. I just don't think that. And time will tell, and I hate hiding behind that uh, excuse in this, in this medium. It's, it's the worst. But when you look at that list from Tommy, to, ha- to, to really win in the NBA, you have to have an all-time great player. Kawhi Leonard, two-time finals MVP. Yes, he's been hurt. He's an all-time great player. And, and I think Jokic is just a notch below. You'd rather have Jokic as your number two. Let's go. I don't even like playing the one, two, three game of, of NBA because it is such an like a, such a team sport. Right. But I just think he's got such a unique set of skills that it's almost too unique. Like it's not complimentary in a way, and that you have to run through him. You it's like with Melo. You had they're so so incredible at what they do and how they do it. It can't necessarily play another way. So I mean, who is the perfect running mate for Joker that would get them over the top in your mind? Is it someone like Dame who also has a very unique skill set that they need to be paired together to have a shot? Do they even come out of the West if somehow Dame and Joker played on the same team? Ooh, I, I would like a, a combo guard who's better than Jamal Murray. I know Jamal Murray's really good, but let's give me like... We a, also a, haven't seen Jamal Murray play in two years. Availability. It's a, it's a thing. And I, are you expecting him to come back better off the injury? I hope he does. I, I, I'm sure he's going to have a great career, but he's, he has never been an all-star. There's a notch below. There's levels to this, like we're talking about. Damian Lillard is an upgrade from Jamal Murray, mm. right? If you go through the NBA on the heat, who would you rather have than Jokic? Would you rather have Jimmy Butler on your team or would you rather have Jokic? Than Jokic? I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Jimmy Butler on my team. I'd rather have a Joker, to be honest with you. Than, 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 Jimmy, than, than Jimmy Butler? I guess it depends on the comp, how my team is made up. But if We're picking teams. Are, we're trying to win a title this year. Who do you want on your team? You want Jimmy Butler or you want Jokic? Jimmy Butler. You want your boy Tatum or you want Jokic? Oh, man. Good one. Well, Tatum got, oh, was there. I'll take Tatum. You want Giannis or you yeah, want Jokic? I want Giannis over everyone. You want Embiid or you want Jokic? Ooh. TJ, I know you love Embiid. I mean, for me, that I, I can't really answer that question yeah. because I'm obviously going to say All right, say we'll Embiid, take the Sixers so. fan out of the conversation. Yeah. In Brooklyn, you want KD or you want Jokic? Uh, Kevin Durant. So, so far in the East, I've named like six, seven guys. And I'm taking all the East guys, even though Joker's MVP. I think. Well, right. I, aside from Butler, I think it, you're not going to get much pushback, obviously, with Giannis. Some people would take Joker over Embiid. A lot of people would take him over Tatum. He's awesome. The guy's awesome. He's a special player. He's a once in a generation guy. Would you rather have Luca or, or Joker? I'd rather have Luca. I'd much yeah. rather have Luca. 
Paul That's George? I, uh, at this stage in his career, maybe two years ago, I'd rather have Paul George. I don't know. I think Paul George, I love Paul George, but I think I'd rather have Jokic. Devin Booker? I think I'd rather have Devin Booker. Oh, then, Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So the MVP is what, fi- the 15th best player you'd want on your team? <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of weird. It's yeah. very weird. That's what I'm saying. That's what's weird about it, guys. And it's all love. Like I said, the man is incredible. A unique set of skills. Let's call him the Liam Neeson of the NBA, right? Hmm. He's, he's taken. He's got a, such a unique set of skills. However, I think they're so unique that there's a limitation to them. I don't think that he can take the Nuggets uh, over the top as the best player on a championship team. Wow. That's my thought. Uh, you're going to get pushback on I'm that. I'm going to get so much pe- pushback on it. People are going to tell you he was good enough to be the MVP of the league, but he can't be the MVP of a championship team. Right. We see it happen all the time. How many? Uh, it's happened a lot in NBA history. Well, we saw it. There was an argument. Russell Westbrook won the MVP exactly. and he lost in the first round, but in five games. Exactly. Like, and that was literally, one, the, argument, literally okay. the argument this year, though, that our friend McLovin was having. Uh, because he's a Sixers fan mm-hmm. as well. You know, a lot of people had thought Embiid should have been MVP. And he was saying, look, so the MVP of the league can't get out of the first round. What does that say? Should he have won the award? What do you guys think about that? I mean, it is a regular season award. And what he did in the regular season was amazing. He did not have his two best teammates, as we talked about yesterday. Absolutely. No, I mean, injuries have defined the NBA postseason historically. There have always been moments throughout time where key injuries have caused the the doors of fate to open in a, in a different direction, if you will. Absolutely. So not just NBA, but and, and it's sports. been unfortunate for Jokic the last two seasons to have guys down at, at key times in the year. All right. Does that does that mean like I, I don't know what, what that what do you want to say? Like he he has guys injured. Yeah. Everyone has guys injured. Uh, when when the Warriors lost the finals to the Raptors, is Kawhi Leonard not a champion because KD and Clay were out? Like no, like you knock Steph for that? No, it's just part of the game. And and I don't, honestly, Michael Porter Jr. is is a solid player, but Giannis didn't have Chris Middleton, a made guy in the league. Michael Porter Jr. is not a made guy on any level in the league. That's true, right? Chris Middleton is. He's an Olympian. He's an All Star. Giannis goes out Star there and hustle. wins playoff series and takes his team deep. And I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, of so many of these guys. And, and I understand why Denver fans love their Jokic. He's their guy. But I'm telling you, it's fool's gold. I'm telling you. I'm telling you it's not going to work out. We'll see. All right. Lots to get into this week uh, on the show. But today it's going to be a big golf show because we got uh, Hallie Ledbetter and Chris Solomon. He's from No Laying Up, which is a great podcast. I love the No Laying Up brand. We've got Steve Weissman going to break down all the stuff that happened out at Wimbledon. And then now we got Dee Dee Richards from the W, from the New York Liberty, checking in at 11 o'clock here on the West Coast. So big show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, right? But Callaway, they've got the new Rogue ST driver. It's the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST is engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. That's just the beginning, because Callaway has engineered a Rogue ST for every player. Most golfers will fit into the Max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. But there's also Max D, their dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. Now, if you need something more low spin, there's Max LS, which gives you stronger trajectory with a more neutral ball flight. But for the true players out there, the real OGs, the Rogue ST Triple Diamond SL is the compact low spin head that the tour players just love. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed. So all you have to do is go to Rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash Rogue. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just 
Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. On a Wednesday, we appreciate you hanging out with the show, being a part of it. Wherever we are, we're everywhere. You guys are everywhere, huh? Peacock, YouTube, Sirius XM. Everywhere. Odyssey, Westwood One. Everywhere, and we're nicely known from the east to the west coast. Um, I love, uh, I love the archives here. I love between the breaks they play old interviews. Del Tufo is uh, like pitching Mister <laughs> Wonderful on some terrible idea. Shark Tank it guy. Terrible. It already you... existed. So it didn't good. exist back then. So good. Uh, joining joining the show right now. Um, you know, for his work covering tennis, covering the NFL. I don't know if he has any ideas he wants to pitch Shark Tank. But uh, Steve Weisman joins the show right now. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I do want to say, I mean, listen, Kevin O'Leary may not like what Del Supo is pitching, but I love his idea at Wimbledon to have walkouts with music, smoke, video walls. I mean, I, I'm buying in on that. And there's actually a tournament in St. Petersburg in Russia that has all that. Like the players literally walk out on the court. There's dancers, there's music, there's video. It, I mean, it is a party. And then at the end of the tournament, there's, a concert before they even give the trophy presentation. So I don't know if the All England Club's going to be into it, Del Tupo, but I, I love I, it. I'm feeling your idea there. Yeah, the Wimbledon walkout's very boring. I was like, when I watch it, I'm like, I like it. It's all, I get it, the like the old building and they walk out, but it's like they need some music there. Yeah. The and mic- they actually changed it this year because they used to walk out on the side and this year they walked out straight yep. onto center court. Yep. I mean, they're, they're all about. You know, tradition. Yeah, I get it. Can't walk on the grass and all white. I mean, they got up in arms when Nick Kyrgios walked out in his Jays that had red on them. Yep. And then he was wearing like his red hat after the match. And somebody asked him five questions about why, why would you do that? You know, and he's like, because I'm doing me. You know, like <laughs> my tradition is more important than their tradition. <laughs> so I, y'all were talking about NBA earlier. And these guys, like Kyrgios, is the biggest NBA fan. He is a massive Celtic super fan. And so he was on the desk with us after one of his matches, and he's talking to me and John Wertheim, and he literally told us that if the Celtics lose a match in overtime or something like that, he will, or lose a game, he will throw matches the next day. He is that sad about the Celtics' losses. So, um, and Giannis is like a good friend with, with Stefano Sitsipas and Maria Sakri, the Greek players, and Jimmy Butler and, and Sasha Zverev have a great relationship. I know you're mentioning uh, Nikola Jokic uh, from Serbia, and, and him and, and Novak Djokovic are also really tight. So there's a lot, of, a lot of connection between the tennis world and the rest of the sports world. No, I love that, Steve, and I appreciate you bringing it up because it feels like tennis is having a cultural moment, largely due to the fact that there is this infighting within the community, the fact that Nick Kyrgios wearing red shoes has everybody up in arms. And at the Mike Del Tufo Classic, they're talking about, now to the main court, Nick Kyrgios, tip your waiter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's this weird kind of time for tennis, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got your traditionalists, and then you've got your, your next-gen. They call them the next-gen. But, you know, they're, they're trying to, to do their own thing. And I think that's kind of society in general. 
And so sometimes uh, it, it ruffles feathers the wrong way. And tennis has always been a sport that, you know, it's a gentleman's sport and this and that. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of unspoken rules. And, you know, somebody like Nick Kyrgios, who, in my opinion, is absolutely box office and you have to watch when he's on the court, you know, does things a little bit differently. And I don't agree with everything he does and, and the cursing and the throwing of the rackets and, you know, potentially – these days, there's been some incidents where players hit balls and, you know, they might hit somebody in the crowd or slam a racket and it goes close to hitting a ball kit or something like that. But in terms of walking out on center court in Jays, I think that's cool. And, you know, his whole perspective on, you know, the game and, and kind of wanting to entertain as well as, as be talented. I love that. I mean, is it the best? tactical decision to hit a tweener on you know in the Wimbledon championship in the middle of a rally probably not but it's cool Steve Weissman joining the show in addition to his work with the tennis channel he works out as well for NFL Network um how did you get your start covering tennis it's been really cool to watch you kind of just do your thing the last few years and I would imagine you had a passion for the sport at a young age yeah no I've always played Ben um I, I probably started playing when I was like eight years old or something like that. Basketball was the first sport I ever played, but then at some point, you know. Yeah, we've uh, been there. We've all been the, there. Uh, yep. Are the, the tallest of folks. And so um, it was it was the sport I was most proficient at. And I was, you know, I played number one singles in high school, and I still play a ton now. I, I actually was a volunteer uh, assistant coach for Loyola Marymount, the women's team, uh, for a couple of years out here in L.A. And I just, I just have always loved tennis. And when I got to ESPN in 2010, um, I did everything I could. I mainly did Sports Center and Outside the Lines and College Football Live and NFL Live and shows like that. But the one thing I always tried to get on was tennis. And um, Don Cole Antonio gave me an opportunity to to do basically the ESPN three Direct TV mix of the Australian Open and Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. So I was able to call matches and host our coverage. And I don't know if anybody saw it, but it was amazing. And it, it, I worked with folks like Mark Woodford and Chanda Rubin and um taylor dent and murphy jensen and all these folks that have that have become great friends and 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 you know woody really helped me get my in at, at tennis channel and um so when i left espn i you know sent an email to a friend at tennis channel I was like hey you got time to meet and they were like no but why don't you i, I flew out to indian wells just for like to stay with woody and his family and um they were like why don't you call a couple matches it's like a paid audition and so I called uh, Marty Fish's first match back after his whole anxiety thing, and I'd become buddies with Marty. Um, and I called it with Jim Courier, who was friends with Mark Woodford, so kind of like I was okay. And then I did a Sloan Stevens match with Lindsey Davenport, and they were like, all right, you killed it, so we're going to start bringing you back. And, um, and that's how I kind of got into Tennis Channel, and then I eventually moved to L.A. And, you know, I've been really grateful for all the folk, Bob Wiley and Ross Schneiderman and Ken Solomon, and just like everybody at Tennis Channel is, so positive and supportive and um you know all the, the people i work with whether it's Lindsay or you know tracy austin or jim or paul anacone or chanda or you know everybody there has just become like a family and and that's what tennis kind of is and so everybody kind of takes care of one another and um i've been you know thankful that it's, it's kind of gotten where it's at now steve weissman joining the show ben lyons in for rich the rich eisen show so being somebody who's covered the game now at the highest level and with some of the biggest names around the sport who's the greatest tennis player of all time <laughs> so I know you had my boy Adnan Burke on the other day, and um, and and after Tom Cruise cut him off, um, you know he, he's a big Fed guy, and I, I think it's tough. So I work with who, in my opinion, is the goat, and that's Martina Navratilova. So um, and she's like she is so cool. I cannot tell you how cool Martina is, and to be able to you know basically just hang out with her for two weeks on the desk and, and, and be able to talk tennis with somebody who won 59 grand slams. And, you know, she won 20 at Wimbledon nine there. Sadly, she wasn't able to come out on the court um, for the 100 year anniversary of center court. Cause she, she got COVID, but like Martina is the coolest and won everything and did it over like 30 and 40 years. I mean, she won her last grand slam when she was two weeks before 50. Um, so I know it, it's tough to compare eras, but being able to call Martina a friend and, and just see how others, you know, revere her and look up to her, all she was able to overcome. Um, she's kind of my goat, but, you know, the goat becomes something that 
is statistical. And so there's that category. And obviously right now, Rafa has more grand slams on the men's side than anyone else. Margaret Court, she's absolutely not the GOAT. She has, you know, the most majors on the women's side, played a lot of Australian Opens when nobody played that tournament, or, or most of the good players didn't play it. So Serena, Serena's insane as well. You know, with the 23 majors, all she's able to accomplish, she's for sure, like, like Martina and Serena are, 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 are GOATs. And then, and then you've got the big three, and you've got Roger, Rafa, Novak, and so I think when you talk about greatest of all time, legacy also plays a factor. So it's the statistics, the stats, and then you got legacy. And legacy is more of a subjective quality, Ben, where how do, how do they make you feel, right? So Roger makes a lot of people feel amazing and, and the way he's able to make everything look effortless. And so that can put him on top. But then you've got Rafa, who arguably works harder than anyone else and literally takes no points off and gives 100% effort on every single point. And I don't know many humans in life that do that in any of their occupations. And then Novak Djokovic, who is probably going to overtake Rafa in terms of the all-time slams list, who's also insane. And I tweeted the other day that he's the greatest athlete in the world. And I truly believe that. Now, when I said that, I said athlete in the world. I didn't say tennis player in the world. I just said athlete because he's freaking like Gumby on court and, like, and, and is strong and fast and the endurance and everything he does is next level. So... I don't know. I'm going to go with Martina. I know that's not where you were heading in, in this question, but but that's where I'm going to stay. No, I left the question open-ended, and you gave me five minutes on the history and the state of the sport. I love it. It's why it's a great debate. It's if you had come with the it's a quick answer, you know, we'd be on to the we'd be all talking about football already. We're going to stay on tennis, and I think this is what is so exciting about the sport right now is that here you have the mix of of culture fashion you have you know like you said the the nba effect if you will on the sports the mike del tufo invitational if you will but then you have the tradition and the history and the the legacy and and these two things are are at odd now in the sport heading into the u.s open what can what can uh, tennis fans expect out in new york and in, in flushing meadows this this uh, fall well ben I, I we may not have novak Djokovic because as it stands right now he's still not vaccinated and you have to be vaccinated to enter the country so what, what's crazy is that we may not see Novak play another Grand Slam until Paris next year because he's not allowed in Australia either. So we'll see. I mean, there's talk the U.S. government may change that rule, but it's wild that, you know, arguably the number one player in the world right now is not going to be playing a major until next May, June. Um, that said, I mean... You know, Daniil Medvedev is your defending champion there, and he wasn't allowed to play Wimbledon because Wimbledon banned the Russians and the Belarusians. And then there was no point. So then the ATP and WTA said, well, if you're going to ban these players, we're going to take points away. So Novak Djokovic wins the tournament, falls to seven in the world. And, you know, uh, on the women's side, Lena Rybakina, who, by the way, they didn't want Russians to play in the tournament. And then you get somebody on the women's side who won the tournament, who literally was born in Russia, and a few years ago, took money from Kazakhstan, and now she plays for Kazakhstan and was able to play and then, you know, wins the tournament when, in all honesty, she's Russian. Uh, and so, but she actually falls in the rankings as well because she couldn't get any points. Nick Kyrgios, who gets to a final, would be 15 in the world right now, drops to 45 in the world from 40. So it's kind of a mess. Um, but that aside, I mean, there's great opportunity you know, Rafa still hasn't lost at a major this year, which is insane. He won the Australian Open. Then he won his 14th Roland Garros. Then he gets to the semifinals at Wimbledon and unfortunately has to pull out because he's got a tear in his abdomen. The, the fact that he was able to beat Taylor Fritz in the quarterfinals with an abdominal tear is incredible. Um, he won the French Open with the fact that he had this foot injury that he had to numb it every single match. So he's had a ton of injuries, and then he, he had a broken rib in the final of Indian Wells against Taylor Fritz earlier this year as well. So you can't count Rafa out. Um, if Djokovic plays, he's one of the favorites. I'm curious to see how Daniil Medvedev comes back, the fact that he hasn't played in a little while. Um, and then Kyrgios, you know, he geared up for the grass court season. You know, is he still motivated? He says the fact that he didn't win at Wimbledon makes him more motivated because he's the type of guy that – he feels like Wimbledon's the greatest tournament of all time. If he had won it, he would have been like, all right, kind of mic drop. I don't need to do anything for the rest of my life. So um, <laughs> the fact that he's still motivated, I love that as well. And then on the women's side, there's so many. Iga Sviantek is the number one player in the world by far, lost early at Wimbledon. 
Um, but you got, you know, Coco Golf, who's this teenager, 18-year-old American, who is going to be the future. She's an absolute rock star, brilliant on and off the court. Amanda Anasimova made a deep run, another young American who's just 20 years old, also going to be just box office superstar. Um, and then and then others from all across, from Paula Bedosa, Ange Jabeur, folks that you may or may not have heard of. And then the, the other question is, Serena, is she playing? I don't know. I hope she does. I mean, the player she lost to at Wimbledon when it made it to the fourth round uh, and, and lost to Anna Samova. And, and Roger is not expected to play until the Labor Cup, which is after the U.S. Open. And then he's supposed to play in Basel, which is his home tournament after that. But there's still a lot of questions. But there's nothing like the excitement, the electricity of Arthur Ashe Stadium Nighttime matches, all the fans are back, so I'm going to be hyped either way. Oh, it's the greatest. It's the greatest time in New York, and it's the greatest tennis event in the United States. Steve, you're a great ambassador for the sport. We appreciate you taking some time, man. Oh, thank you so much. We didn't even get into football. My boy Brandon Staley, you know, coming out, the Chargers coach, joining us at Wimbledon because he's a huge Rafa fan and all that, and, and Russell Wilson being in the Royal Box. But listen, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you, Ben, and uh, have a great rest of the week. Thanks so much, man. Take care. Steve Weissman joining the show. Talented dude covering tennis at the highest level, contributing to the NFL network as well. I like Steve, and he's right. There's a lot going on in the world of tennis, and it's Crazy. nuts how you can win Wimbledon, which is regarded as the premier tournament in the sport, and then you drop in the rankings. It sounds like almost there should be some type of live tour for the tennis guys, for the tennis men and women. I don't know. It's because it's unfortunate that here you have such a beautiful sport, and it seems like the only time it, 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 cre- it creeps into the national or international conversation is around the majors. Like the local events in tennis in America don't have much juice to them in terms of how we analyze the great players of the sport. Yeah, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, a lot of golf later on the rest of the show, but there is no other event like, you know, the memorial kind of matters in golf and the players' championship. And there's other events throughout the golf calendar that, you know, are kind of a big deal. Whereas in tennis, you know, the world, the casual only really focuses four times a year, maybe three, because. You know, the Australian Open obviously is on at weird times. So Yeah, no, it's uh it would be really cool if there were great premier tennis events in the big cities that mattered to the conversation around who's yep. the GOAT, how many win, who's the best this year, all that stuff. It'd be very cool. I love tennis. Um, thanks so much to Steve for checking in. Uh, coming up in a little bit, we got Chris Solomon from No Laying Up. We got Dee Dee Richards. We got Hallie Ledbetter in studio. My friend who used to cover for Golf Digest. So we're very excited for a big, big show today. Lots more show coming up. Plus our top NFL running backs. We'll get into that next. Rich Eisen Show rolls on. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. Appreciate you listening, watching, subscribing, retweeting, hashtagging, whatever you got to do to be a part of the show. 
Um, we uh, we've got some of the uh, some some great golf stuff coming up later. We don't get a chance to talk too much golf, but golf seems to be in the news with the Open Championship and all this t- talk around the Live Tour. So we've got Chris Solomon from No Laying Up checking in in about half an hour. We got Hallie Ledbetter a little bit later on um, uh, in studio. She was my first guest on the Rich Eisen show last summer oh, after Colin, right. your your favorite golfer, Colin Morikawa, won <laughs> right. yeah. the Open Championship. Clinton she checked in up. from, she that's was over in true. Europe somewhere and that's, she called in. That's right. I think she was at the that. Avion or something. So Big yeah. Big fan so of Colin's dog. Hallie Ledbetter is going to be in <laughs> studio. Um, Lots going on, guys. Lots happening. I saw this story just now on Front Office Sports. When the ABA and NBA merged in 1976, many ABA players were left without paychecks, insurance, or pensions. Now, the NBA and NBA Players Association have launched a new program providing annual payments to ABA veterans based on years played. $25 million will be split amongst 115 players. I think that's amazing. I love this story. I love the ABA. The more I learn about it, the more footage you get to see as a basketball fan. It's before my time. Um, I think the only guy in this room who really has ABA ties is Del Tufo. Yeah. What do you remember about the ABA? And how very do you little, feel? but I was I was definitely alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very happy that these these legends of the game, these guys who paved the way for so many of our favorite players today to be making just ridiculous money. Uh, I think it's very cool that they're they're looking back and they're giving back. So shout out to them. Um, I didn't get a chance to ask you guys, uh, since I didn't get a chance to see you, how is New York City for your big trip? Oh, I mean, it's Sports aside Emmy from uh, coming home empty-handed, it was actually great. We had a great time. It was nice to check out and uh, kind of go as a full-on crew uh, to the Big Apple and just kind of make the most of it and relax and go nuts for uh, 36 hours. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a fast and furious short, yeah, time in the city, but you had fun, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, New York is... I don't know. I to me, it's like maybe the greatest city on earth. So the only problem was we didn't have enough time there, right? Yeah. It was just so short. But we packed a lot in there, and uh, of course, got some pizza, you know. And that's always a, a must when you when you go to New York. And well, you know, yeah. I'm guest hosting all week, so someone tells me you'll be nominated again next year. So well, you'll be back so. in the city then. I, I mean, the, we we were looking smooth in that picture. That's a it's a, <laughs> I mean, a clean I game. Am sharp dressed, man. First of all, Ben, what I what win. stands Wait. out? What stands out to you, Ben? Lines in this picture. There is so much happening in this picture for our radio audience. First of all, everyone cleans up real nice. <laughs> that is a sharp looking group of sports content <laughs> creators. Um, Del Tufo. I mean. And Rich look like they walked in from another movie before. Like they're, they got a thing, the two of them. Right? There's something going on between. It's more so Feller and Del Tufo. Yeah, a few faces there I don't recognize, but a few others they're all uh, home, you know. I also don't recognize because they're cleaned up. But you guys look sharp, and it looks, you know what you, you have on, on your face? You just have a glow. Everybody's glowing. <laughs> yeah, it was a good But well, we had hope, you know? is what we had. We you had guys hope. got that nice New York Sports yeah. Emmys glow about you. I think that was all the whiskey we were drinking. Yeah, well, yeah. It was, uh, the Michael Jordan tequila that was like flowing through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but how much fun is it to to be recognized for the work you do? You guys work really hard on this show. Oh, thank to you have the opportunity that, yeah. to come to New York and to be amongst your peers and people you admire, even yeah. fans of for a while. I would say it's a more cool deal. I would say less peers and more people you admire because I'm not peers with most of those people at, at all. Like you know, so those are people that I admire, and yeah, they were in the room, and it, it was really cool. And just to see people get rewarded for their hard work. It's always cool. And just like we constantly said, you don't know it's an honor to be nominated if you've never been nominated. You're probably sitting there going, yeah, whatever. But when you do get nominated for something like this, and Chris, I said this to you, it is the people that were nominated with us, but also take a look at the people that didn't get nominated. These are some of the biggest names in sports with the biggest social media followings and the most recognizable names. And most of those people did not get nominated. So... That's really where the, the honor comes in. And I don't know how many other shows bring their entire staff to come celebrate the show. Like, that was a very cool thing, and it speaks volumes to this community yeah. and this group you guys have built here, and to Rich as well. Another thing is, you know, it just shows, you know, we're not like one of those mega powers, so to speak. We've got a very, we're small, man. I don't know, and you got a Randy Macho Man Savage headband on today. The mega powers <laughs> explode. You look like you're about to battle for oh, Queen yeah, Elizabeth's brother. honor. Freak I don't, out, I don't know. Out. You're selling yeah. yourself short Welcome there. Welcome to the kingdom of Now, Chris, are you the type at one of those events where you, you got some Michael Jordan tequila running through you? You go up to somebody you're a fan of and say hello? <laughs> We we talked to <laughs> Jeff, we had one interaction with Jeff Passan that was hilarious. So Jeff and I went to school. We, oh, I, I wouldn't say we went to school together. We were at Syracuse at the same time, and we had a lot of mutual friends. 
but we did not actually know each other. So, you know, we went up and talked to him. That was super cool. His hair was on point. Uh, we finally got to meet Bomani Jones in person. That was awesome. Bomani. Who's got the hair right there? Uh, I mean, Jeff, it's a good swoop. We posted this picture a while ago. We can hit it again, but Jeff Passon's hair is just. It's even, a strong swoop. Even more impressive in person than it is. You know, as a guy who's uh, yeah, guy who's flirted with the swoop over the years, it's not too swoopy right now. Let me just say that's a strong swoop. From <laughs> yeah, Bomani Jones also a member of the Tolerant Person Club. Yeah, it's funny. I talked to Bomani a lot over the years on radio, but I never met him in Same. person. Same with us. He asked me to do a sketch on his show. Um, it was it was ridiculous. It was for the Masters and his HBO show. And the Street Masters. Yeah, we did the Street Masters with Tiger Hood. And I got to the <laughs> <Tiger> shoot. <Hood. laughs> yeah. And I got to the shoot. Uh, and he's like 6'5". He's, he's, a, he's a tall he, dude. He, he's very tall. Very tall yeah. and thin. And so that was you know cool to just see him. And then just you know everyone else in our business that we see once or twice a year at big events that we haven't been able to see in a couple of years because... There's been no big events to attend, right, and right. so it was nice to just kind of go in there, you know, have a little, uh, you know, little libations and just kind of enjoy, uh, enjoy your night. It was a long show, but it was cool to see everyone's work on display from the last year, and then see those, you know, people rightfully get rewarded. It was a big night for some of our friends at NFL Network, and uh, you know that was awesome. And then you know, we just kind of enjoyed the night with a great dinner, and we called it a day. Yeah, I feel like I was uh, one step behind the crew. Like I was texting with TJ, and yeah, then I thought you were going to be there. I was going to meet you at the restaurant, yeah. and then it was like, oh, we're at the lounge spot, and then I go to the lounge spot, and then it was the first club, and then the second club, and <laughs> it was like all of a sudden you're in the diner with Harry Styles, and I'm like, guys, what about the filling host from July? No, I couldn't keep up. <laughs> this guy, yeah, bro, this guy I mean, with the eight forty five a.m. callbacks, right? We are, we hit the ground running in NY, kid. You gotta like. You step know? up or get left behind. Um, uh, any other big plans for you guys this summer? You just gear like right into football. You don't get any more time off, huh? You just get right into football we just season. Had a break. We got camps no, coming. Yeah. Like, we college just, football's uh... in six weeks, I think. Yes. Which is crazy. Is right, I know. Yeah, you know, I'm a big Michigan guy. Our quarterback's coming back after he defeated uh, the evil empire and blew up the Death Star in the greatest game ever played <laughs> to beat Ohio, that team from Ohio. Now, are you, are you, have you been riding this uh, Michigan finally beat Ohio State oh. high like Rich has been on? Yes. Yes, I'm good for 10 more years of oh, losses. Okay. Oh, like, oh, wow. That day was so epic and meant so much to me. It was a biblical affair. Like, honestly. Wow. Uh, because Ben Rich said it with his so chest dramatic. for months after yeah. that, bro. No, it's the greatest. I don't even remember what happened on New Year's Eve. I was still blacked out from what happened against Ohio. You got no. smoked. I don't even think you got shot. I don't, know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know. I don't remember. <laughs> I wasn't there. The, Who knows? The, the D-team went and played. No, shout out to Cade McNamara. He's doing a cool thing with a, a new startup platform called Revel where he's doing these leadership summits all summer where he's connecting with fans and talking to them about the game, about his workouts, and just really building his community. And I love it. Cade McNamara is a leader. He won against Ohio. I think they're going to be back in the college football playoff. Like I love what's happening with Coach Harbaugh, who eats a vitamin every day called a steak. This man <laughs> drinks whole milk. Are you kidding me? It's not healthy. I will run through a wall for coach. I think Michigan's got the best one-two in terms of football and men's basketball in the country with Coach Ooh, Jim Harbaugh and Coach Juwan Howard. We went to the college football playoff, went to the Final Four. Like it, it, Things are rolling in Does Ann Arbor Does any right other now. college have two alums as their two biggest head coaches? It's family. It's very cool. I can't think of any other college that has that. Guys who also were dominant stars at the university right. and then went on and had great professional great careers. careers. Yeah. I think both are in the hall of very good in, in their respective sports. Sure. And, and I, I think it's a, it's just a great energy around the university. You had the women's team doing very well going to the round of eight as well. Um, Nas Hillman, best player in the history of Michigan women's basketball going to the WNBA. So it's a fun time. And I'm so high off that Ohio I mean, state game. I can feel it. I it's love been, it. you know, what, nine months. It's on. so great. It was so great. You, you don't understand. It's just so awful when you're in one of the, you know, as a Red Sox fan. It was terrible. It's for the a year long after time. Aaron Boone for you, right? It's just yeah. the idea of Absolutely. just blowing up the Death Star at the end of episode four mm. when the rebels are all flying and they come back to their planet and the, it's just and the like, Ewoks are there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's episode six. I can't get my episodes <laughs> mixed. Joking, I don't know. Come on, man. It's just so fantastic. And then as a lifelong diehard Rams fan, you just you had the greatest football season ever. Oh, my God. So <laughs> much football in the Lions house this you year. You lost to Seton Hall in basketball early in the year, though. Oh, we don't have time. <laughs> coach, coach might have gotten a little aggressive and uh, took that out on a Wisconsin assistant coach, but we don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about that.
Will Smith helped out with coach on that yes. one, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. true. Everyone yeah. forgot about yeah, Jawan. forgot about that one. <laughs> Will Smith. I'd kind of forgotten about Will Smith, to be honest. Hey, yeah. we got our top uh, NFL running backs. We're going to hit that next, speaking of football. We'll get into that next. And then we got D.D. Richards in about an hour for the New York Liberty. Big show. The Rich Eisen Show rolls on. Uh, yeah, I went to the Liberty game last week, and, and they lost in overtime. But Didi is is so long on defense, she can guard all five positions. And the Liberty just haven't been healthy, but they're they're right there. And they had a good game last night against the Aces. The Aces have Kelsey Plum, who dropped 27, Asia yeah, Wilson, Chelsea level. Gray. Like, the Aces are going to the finals. I would love to see a, an, an Aces-Sky finals. Last night, the double overtime game, did you get a chance to see the Mercury game last night? It was I did not. bonkers. Skyler uh, Diggins Smith went for thirty something. Um, and I see she was on t- trade rumors. Yeah, they've been talking about moving her because they're under five hundred. Oh. Yeah, and she's still in the prime of her career. Well, she so. sent the game to the uh, second overtime, I think, with that layup. With like yeah, second, she had the runner, the runner, a scoop layup. That game looked nuts. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're in we're in the uh, the thick of it with WNBA. You guys want to go on Thursday night? I got tickets. We're, it's Candace Parker's return to, to crypto. Are we are we feed on the hardwood? Like, what's the situation? Everybody when it comes to the W, all of a sudden is Spike Lee. <laughs> everybody at the W, all of a sudden when you go to the W yeah, game, box. everybody is hey, talking about it. Sweet. It's all in the building. We are there the for, Give me the sweet. for, uh, for Candace Parker's return. It's all good return. when your feet are on the wood, though. You know? Like... I'm a sweet guy. You know, it's so wild. I have not had the privilege of, of sitting close enough where the players can hear me too often in my career. And... Uh, there was a time when I would, I, I was a Hall of Fame heckler in, in, at one point in my career. It's everybody knows. And um, I went to a Knicks game. They were down 20, second half, 20 games out of 500 in, in March, you know. And I'm just giving Evan Turner the business because I still to this day am convinced that I am a better basketball player than Evan Turner. I don't oh, know what he does well. I really on. think I am. No, if I went down to the park, I couldn't give Evan Turner the business. You don't think so? Absolutely Definitely not. not. No, really? Without question. No, no come on. Question. Evan Turner, you guys? No. We're about no. the same size. Anyway, yeah. so I'm Definitely giving not. Evan Turner the business. <laughs> I didn't know Kenny Smith at the time. He was sitting behind me, and he goes to dinner with Alan Houston, apparently. He has this conversation like, who heckles Evan Turner? Like, why would you do that? Six months later, I'm on a radio show. I bring Kenny Smith on. I talk to him about heckling. I say, you know, I was recently at a Nick game heckling Evan Turner. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. that was you? <laughs> Are you kidding? I What? Flash forward another six months. I meet him in person for the first time when I got hired at Turner. Ernie Johnson's walking me around the TNT offices. He says, this is our new Twitter host, Ben Lyons. I say, hey, Kenny, big fan. I'm the Evan Turner heckler. And he completely lost it. He goes, who are we hiring around here? This is ridiculous. More show coming up next.